0: Strong and get the birthplace of talk radio. All these idiots
1: and fools and jackasses on radio. What an
2: introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh.
1: Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah.
2: It's
0: such a bizarre
1: world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. You are not crazy. Your views are not evil. This is Ed McMeyer. And now he. Armstrong Armstrong and Getty.
0: Getty. Getty. Live from Studio C.
1: C, You know what it is?
0: It's a dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And hey, everybody, today,
2: we're under the tutelage of our general manager. America's peace officers. Your local police department.
0: There you go. Is that just like a uh, tip of the cap, sign of respect for a tough job, that sort of thing? Uh,
2: yeah, and just uh, the, certainly the
0: object of discussions these days. Mm-hmm. I was just in the bathroom doing my hair. Uh, that's where I was. I do my hair before I come in. You're what now? A drug code? <laughs> no. no. Turning when you, tricks? When you have very little hair like I do, if uh, when you get up in the morning, it's all matted down on one side, and it looks terrible. Hanson is nodding. How do you recognize this experience from other people that have had that problem? But anyway, my hair's all matted down. It looks ridiculous. So I have to get my hands wet and rub it through rub my head yes. to get it all fluffed. The, the, the <laughs> tiny little hair is all fluffed up again.
1: He was being serious. Yes, I am I, being serious. You got I,
2: practically no hair at all.
1: I'm being completely serious. I before. dare you to show up one day with matted hair and see if any of us notice. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We're dudes, so we don't notice anything. Yeah, exactly.
0: I could show up with a pink afro and you would notice. I'd mention that. Anyway, so I was in the bathroom doing my hair just now. Doing your stubble. and uh I have beautiful hair. And I was reminded that I'd heard a story that flushing the toilet can send coronavirus particles <laughs> into the air. Oh, yes. So they're questioning.
2: Aerosolized,
0: yes. Questioning whether you should flush the toilet as much or if you should get some sort of
2: remote control flushing so you can flush it when you're out of the room or something. Like I, that. I, I heard a doctor saying he breathes more slowly and less deeply when he's in a bathroom.
1: Wow! Well, to avoid inhaling
2: stuff down deep into his lungs, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, huh? So, uh, yeah. But by the way, fellas like you are more susceptible to the corona. Do you the see bald that? Bald guys. The bald guys. Story came out uh, last week, ten days ago,
0: something like that. Doesn't make any difference whether my stubble's been fluffed or not.
2: <laughs> uh, I I hate to admit this as a hairy, hairy man with a thick, lustrous head of chestnut hair, but uh, bald fellers have more uh, androgens and some male hormones. Uh, which is why I'm so incredibly effeminate, um, and and that you, you've seen that the death toll among men is much higher than yeah. women, and and the outcomes tend to be worse. Blah blah blah. They think it has to do with those uh, manly manly hormones, but nobody's quite sure why. One of have, the many question marks attached to the and Chinese battery. And you
0: have more of those if you don't
2: have hair. Uh, yes, I didn't yeah. know that.
0: That is one of the indicators. My kids, my my one son particularly has hair like he's Eric Clapton in 1967. Just the big, <laughs> full, wavy. It's crazy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. tell them all the time, I'd like to have had your hair one day just for the options involved. Yeah. A couple of my kids have hair thicker than a bear's. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> um, back to the toilet. So, yeah, as I read more about uh, where you can and ca- can't catch the coronavirus, yet another article in the Wall Street Journal today about that. The science is in um, and how it's, it's so much about breathing in close contact, <laughs> rarely from surfaces. Right. Um, very difficult to get outdoors. So it's in a closed room close to someone else for a length of time. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what does you in. But so, bat, and you know, I feel like I'm relatively safe most of the places I go, but bathrooms, I don't know who's been in there. And then you got the coughing, sneezing, blowing your nose and flushing toilets. Mm. The droplets in the air, yeah. The cauldron of disease. Maybe I should there. be staying out of bathrooms.
2: Okay. Well, in the whole, uh, in a closed room, extended amount of time talking to people, I think the president needs to outlaw meetings. At the office. There you go. Probably, let's say, for the next 10 years, let's see how it goes. Wouldn't that be awesome if
0: what comes out of this, <laughs> the, uh, the silver lining is doing away with pointless meetings? Right. Or
2: they got to be two minutes or less. Right. Because uh, you, you're going to do that. You're going to do that. You're going to do that. Anybody got a question? Yeah. Should I do it this way? Yes. Okay. Hey, a, I have a
0: no. question. Are we going to have the summer picnic? No, you're exposing us all to more possible virus. With your stupid question
2: that has nothing to do
0: with what we're here for. Silence, jackass. Silence,
1: jackass.
2: (laughs) If I'm your CEO, that's the way meetings would go. Uh, I'm willing to uh, accept any offers that come my way. And the question's almost always
0: coming from the people that have the least power or influence over the organization.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: That's so common. You just started here last week. Put your hand down. (laughs) (laughs) down.
2: Exactly. You work like 11 hours a week. You're just clearly killing time so you make more money. The rest of us have to get back to work. Or no offense. No questions from
0: you. Or no offense, but just with your position, you could do a great job or a horrible job, and nobody would know the difference. Right. It's just minor impact, so no
2: questions from you. Don't make me silence you, jackass. (laughs)
0: Ah, it's funny. Let's introduce everybody in the squad there to kick off the show. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, good. Uh,
1: yesterday, during the 8 o'clock hour, we had a horrific scene when I uh, almost ended the hour at an improper time. And it was because I couldn't see the clock. It just you know I, I so I yesterday I finally had to swallow my pride and I had executive producer enlarged the clock on my screen and now I can see it beautifully and it will never ever happen again. A bigger time, font for
2: the older man.
1: Yes, keeping time will never be a problem again. What time's your step in tub being? Played? <laughs> wow, wow! The youth on the staff. <laughs> oh. is, is
2: that really? That's ageism. And staff on John, staff that's, violence. That's hate speech. <laughs>
0: getting yourself a walk-in tub and bigger buttons. There you go. That's all right. So I went home, cried, swallowed my pride and there you go. came back today. So. Mm. Fantastic. You got to adapt. Um, do you have one of those remote controls at home, the really big numbers that you can get? <laughs>
2: no, not yet. Mm-hmm. But keeping time
1: will never be a problem again. I'll be on it.
0: Excellent. Okay. Um, there is positive Sean whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean?
1: Doing very well, but I do have a correction to Two make. 2 minutes. It was <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michael. It was Thanks timing. For good. Um, it was uh, it was yesterday's show we were discussing one of the many Karens that was uh, it, that finds our finds herself in the news cycle these days. And I got my Karen's confused. I asserted that the Karen, the California Karen we were talking about at one point during the engagement said something to the effect of go back to where you came from. That was a different Karen. ok. i uh, I apologize here. despite the request from my Twitter uh, mentions, I will not be issuing a written apology to all Karens. But uh, I will say hashtag too many Karens. Okay. Yeah, we got that story completely
0: wrong, actually. It's just top to bottom. Oh, so, oh, and, and I'm to blame because I, I brought it up. A fine um, moments. The the overall gist of it was the same, though, which was my point. The, the details of that particular story, I really wasn't that interested in. It's just that overall phenomenon of that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, as her husband now has been fired. So not only did the Karen have to lose her job. For doing something that the uh, society decided was no good for, uh, you know, an hour on Twitter. But her husband had to go.
2: Right. But what was unclear to me at the time, and apparently uh, I still have no idea, is uh, did he uh, play an active role in it? Or is he just like the, the soccer star? He videotaped it and allowed it to happen, I guess oh, for goodness his role. Sakes. Like the L.A. Galaxy. His, his mouthy hot wife uh, d- d- made some untoward comments on Twitter or something. And the Galaxy let him go. <laughs> Because he's got a, a mouthy, hot wife. Really? Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. I don't think the fact that she was hot went into the decision.
0: Yeah, how did that it work? It went into
1: the decision to marry her. Oh, true, true.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I am going to, in one random day in the next five days, I'm going to come in with my hair matted down and see if anybody notices.
2: <laughs> I am on alert. <laughs> we all thought you were joking. No. You have stubble.
0: No, I was doing my hair. That's what okay. I was doing before I walked Kites. in the room here. God. I was in the bathroom. Okay. No, fluffing I believe my you. Hair. I've,
2: you've made it clear. Do
0: they have a video camera in there? Perhaps you could go back and uh, look at the video. <laughs> uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this Wednesday, June 17th, the year 2020,
2: we are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin fluffing our stubble. Now, <laughs> according to FCC rules and regulations, the show begins officially at Mark. The United States didn't inherit slavery from anybody. We created it. <laughs> Senator Tim Kaine, who is willing to say anything, no matter how stupid, inane, or inaccurate. If it scores political points. Well, he was a vice presidential candidate, too. Yes, yes, he was. He was, as I recall. That Hmm. is unfreaking believable. That's a
0: heck of a thing to say. That's an
2: evil thing to say. that's horrifying. That does not make things better.
0: And it's, it's popular now on MSNBC. Scarborough and all of them do it. It's to regularly refer to our 400 years of systemic racism based on that 1619 project. The founding of this country was founded on slavery. That's what it's always been about. We've, you know, institutionalized racism on purpose from the beginning. And it continues, man, we we need to work that out as a narrative in in our nation.
2: Well, and we have folks being dragged into training sessions all over the country now uh, where they are being taught to be woke at their office. At their workplace, it's very much like the uh, you know the non sexual harassment training we've taken, and everybody had to go in a room where some dope man or woman instructed you on how not to sexually harass. And of course, studies have shown sexual harassment rises after those for some reason. But um, so yeah, those woke classes are now being required at a lot of employers. Really, and, and here's here's the issue. And do we'll you have any in... of the the what they teach you in those things? Uh, I'd like yeah, to hear that. Oh, absolutely. yeah. Okay. Um. But the problem is, and most of the terrified and or just uh, uninformed employers and executives don't understand, is these activist groups have redefined all the terms that you think you know, like racism. You are a racist unless you adopt wholly their political views. That is what you must sign the forms and, and give away, you know, your entire intellect to these activist groups, otherwise you are a racist. So when you make your employees pledge not to be a racist, that's what you're making them pledge to do. More on that. James Lindsay is on fire on the Twitter machine on oh,
0: that. That's uh, that's good stuff right
2: there. How's mailbag look? Oh my gosh, epic! It's just it's fabulous. Wow. Oh, you laugh, you'll cry.
0: Comments on anything we've said, including do you fluff your hair? Four one five two nine five KFTC is our text line. Four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong. syrup since i was a tiny lad but aunt jemima is going away we'll talk about that coming up but also a 136 year old christopher columbus statue being removed from a park in st louis i want to talk about that phenomenon as it sweeps the nation
2: oh my yeah, yeah. troubled times have you noticed that crazy man yeah crazy Wow well, there's a little hope on the chinese bat fever then steroid, if you're one of the very few who gets it and the very few who has a severe case of it, um, they've, they've cut deaths by like 30%, which is, you know, if you've got it, you're hoping more like for 100%, but at least there's hope. Mailbag. You can email us. Mailbag at com. Whether to register opinions, send along something you think we ought to be talking about, whatever, it's fine. Freedom loving quote of the day from Stephen Fry today. We've we've had a couple of Stephen Fry quotes, and I didn't really even know who he is. Hmm. So I, I checked around. He's an English writer, an actor, and uh, a director, and kind of a Renaissance man. He is a liberal, but a uh, kind of an old school uh, liberal. I'm a fan. I dig him. Quite a like, bit.
0: is he a contemporary, like alive today, or from the 1700s? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. uh, yeah, good,
2: good question. Well, he's he's tweeting, so there's there's a hint. Um, he's uh, yeah, he appears to be I don't know in his 60s, maybe. Okay.
1: He was buddies with a uh, Hitchens, I
2: believe. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, okay. A Chris Hitchens liberal. Yeah, okay. Anyway, he wrote uh, the following. Social media. Oh, thanks to Chris for sending us along. Not Chris Hitchens. He's passed. This is a different Chris. Social media is a stalking ground for the sanctimoniously self-righteous who love to second-guess, to leap to conclusions and be offended. Worse, to be offended on behalf of others they do not even know. It's as nasty and unwholesome a characteristic as can be imagined. It doesn't matter whether they think they're defending women, men, transgender people, Muslims, humanists. The ghastliness is absolutely the same. (laughs) Hard to argue with that. That's good. Is it
0: going to take a full generation to, to end up with only people uh, who've grown up with Twitter around for it to uh, to settle down?
2: That's an interesting question. I, I'm more uh, focused on whether the I'm classical not... liberal liberal or the woke, militant, religious liberal will triumph. Life experience tends to get you off of the, the woke, uh, fanatical thing. Mm-hmm. Although, if you can postpone any sort of rational thought, um, then maybe you can hang with it. Thought you might enjoy this, writes John. <clears throat> this is a joke, Jack. A priest, a rabbit, and a minister walk into a bar. The bartender asks the rabbit, what'll you have? The rabbit says, I don't know, I'm only here because of autocorrect. A priest, a rabbit, and a minister. <laughs> That's pretty fun. I know. That's a good joke. I read that I cracked up. I said, (laughs) I'm going to try this on my wife. I read it to her. She gets that mystified look and then cracks up. Yes. That's funny. Well, I'm not going to explain it to you. You don't get it. You don't
0: get it. He says, oh, shot. I'm getting the duck out of here and walks out (laughs) of the bar.
2: Yes, well said. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Oh, Matt says, you guys used a word a few weeks ago. I'm racking my brain trying to remember it. Uh, because, uh blah, blah, blah. I've been Googling over half an hour. Google it, is evil, by the way. Google is completely evil. We'll be talking about that.
0: Was it Merkin?
2: Please. It's when something is I named. that.
0: You, you would have noticed that. It's
2: please. when something is named after the fact. Essentially, it had a name possibly before, but everyone decided on a word for it after its original conception. Hmm. Uh I don't even remember uh, discussing the concept. Yeah, I, that does not ring a bell at all. I wondered if anybody else. Remembers you were
0: probably that. listening to a more erudite radio show, perhaps,
2: or, or podcast or something. Yeah, I don't have no, any I'm idea. Not. That's, uh, mm. you know, we do talk about you know names of things and sometimes origins of words, but no, that's uh, we're I'm, we're as mystified as you are, sir. Rich writes, "Hey, fellas, yesterday you talked about a perfect storm for riots after the election." I live in Portland where people rioted four years ago before Trump had even started the job. Now, after four years of the world being indoctrinated about how horrible he is, there will for sure be riots no matter what.
0: Yeah, my perfect storm was uh, they believe a lot of the George Floyd protests and protests around the world that have been uh, pretty you know, heated. They're trying to figure out why exactly are these protests so hot right now, and they think it's because we all been locked up. The combination of being locked up, worried about your job, worried about your health. It's made everybody like anxious and angry and crazy. Mm -hmm. And that's going to continue through the summer up to election time. You combine that with a close election and some severe problems with uh, elections. If the COVID's going on and uh, distancing and machines not working and ballot, you know, mail-in ballots and all this sort of stuff. Right. See the problems they had in Georgia a week or so ago. You got a recipe for some severe riding mm. and a real belief that this election actually wasn't legit. No, that would be terrible. And half the country in a close election no matter which direction it goes believes that's not my president. <laughs> I think that's likely where we end up.
2: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty show.
0: According to a recent poll, fewer Americans have a negative view of Vice President Joe Biden than they did of Hillary Clinton. Said Clinton, stop asking people. Leave me out of your polls. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, boy. So here's a couple stories that I don't know what I think of. I realize as a talk show host, I'm supposed to have a very uh, solid opinion. Yes, and uh, it's the only one. And defend it strongly. possibly be true, yes. And people who disagree with me are evil, but I don't know what I think about either one of these stories. I'll start with PepsiCo owns uh, Aunt Jemima syrup. Didn't know that. They own practically everything you eat or drink. Sure. PepsiCo does. Anyway, they've decided to drop the whole Aunt Jemima label thing. Now, uh... Aunt Jemima is a black woman on the bottle of syrup. That's all I really know about it, and that's mm. the that's the extent that I've thought about it my whole life. This gets to the because you're a racist. Well, exactly. This gets to the I don't know what to think about this thing. I'm uh, I don't want to get too far down the road of systemic racism and racism you don't see in white privilege because we'll be off on that subject. But I feel like. Aunt Jemima being on the bottle of syrup, which I've used since I, as long as I can remember, had no impact on me whatsoever in terms of my my thoughts about Black America. I really, honestly believe that. I believe it had zero impact on me. It's also going to have zero impact at being gone. Uh, so you know, I'm not like angry that it's going away. Separate to the statues I'm about to talk about, I don't think sure. there. I don't think. I don't think there's any possible damage that could be done
2: by removing Aunt Jemima from the syrup. So you're saying that if you went into an accounting firm, say with help uh, for for help with your taxes and uh, and a black woman were to meet with you, you wouldn't think this accountant is just like Aunt Jemima. I don't believe I've got
0: <laughs> any lingering anything about Aunt Jemima being on the syrup, the syrup let alone something deeply negative. I just don't believe
2: it. Now, ma- yeah, well, I have heard some stuff about Aunt Jemima that is not so savory. I heard it from Mrs. Butterworth. <laughs> who's, who's my syrup of choice. I also
0: feel like if you introduced Aunt Jemima today but you and you go back with the old uh slave woman look that they had up until a couple of years ago. Remember they changed the look of Aunt Jemima. Oh, well, it
2: was kind of an old-timey mammy, early 20th century. Yeah. Yeah. Y- yeah. But I
1: I think Southern if you inter-
0: I think if you introduced it today and presented the story as this is trying to show that uh, black women who worked for white families contributed. Also, here's someone whose recipe for syrup was so loved it was stolen and appropriated and used all over Southern America, became a national brand. Right? If you spun it like that, you could make a hero. It's over. a
1: positive well, thing. Do you need to spin syrup.
0: Well, no, I'm yeah. I, ultimately, <laughs> I say. Well, my whole point is, I don't think it has any impact on anybody at all. I don't believe it is a symbol of racism or anything. I don't think it's anything. I don't think it has any impact. Any more than the,
2: uh, than the, uh, what was the ivory soap baby? Contributed to attitudes toward infants. I don't know. I just, these brand names. Or Lucky Charms has contributed to racism against my people, the Irish. Anyway, um, uh, so like, but
0: I'm not certain about that. But I just feel like it did not cause me to have any negative Feelings about black America in any way, Mm. having drank uh, uh, drank bottles of Aunt Jemima syrup throughout (laughs) my life Uh, on the statue thing. So they just took down a one hundred and thirty six year old Christopher Columbus statue in a park in St. Louis. It's been there a very long time. Um, It was originally put up to uh, honor contributions of immigrants in America, which is something we're supposed to be doing.
2: Not white ones, Um, I guess. Not Portuguese. Stupid Portuguese.
0: My only problem with this, I think, well, if anybody's ever listened on Columbus Day, you know, I think it's... (laughs) Right. The whole Columbus thing, I don't care about at all. It doesn't... I I think it's a completely different sort of thing than the Confederate thing, and certainly a different sort of thing than taking down Thomas Jefferson. Uh, Oh, yeah, 100%. but, But just in general, the thing that bothers me the most is... It's being decided by mobs. That's not the way we should decide these things. Oh, no. Mobs shouldn't decide what's up in the park. Uh, I would like there to be a movement toward you hate this statue. You think it's got to come down. Let's 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 get petitions signed. Let's go to city council meetings. Let's get it on the ballot for the next election and get it removed. And you might easily have enough support in your community to have the statue taken down mm-hmm. that way of doing it. Fine. But mobs deciding what plaques or statues get to be is definitely no way to run a country. And that's the way it's going right now. The the mobs didn't bring the statue down, but they had defaced it and spray painted it so many times. The park finally said, we just can't afford to provide enough security to keep this from being defaced. That's like the heckler's veto. Yeah, they're afraid at this point, as it is old enough and carved by some famous harbor of statues, that it is a, a, a an artifact, an ar- actual work of art, yeah. they decided we got to move it into a museum to protect it. But the mob should not decide I what almost, stays up
2: and what comes down. Well, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I almost hate saying it out loud. Not that like the Antifa maniacs are listening <laughs> to this show or anything, but they so discredit themselves when they do things as an angry mob, as opposed to. Pursuing the levers of our republic, like you described, good solid activism that would then, and this is the part I really don't want to hear them to hear, uh, they would learn how the process works, they would be better organized, they would know who to petition and in what way, and would probably be more effective at, at launching their. Uh, ridiculous woke schemes on the rest of us. I almost prefer them acting like angry idiots.
0: Yeah, well, that was the argument Barack Obama was making a couple of weeks ago about getting organized at your local level, going to city council meetings, voting, that sort of thing. There's easily enough power in a lot of communities to get these statues taken down in a democratic fashion as opposed to in the middle of the night with ropes and, you know, bats. Right. God, that's no way to make decisions. I right. find that very, very troubling. I do like this uh, this movement that's going right now. Is this just in Tennessee, or is this all across the nation, Sean?
1: Uh, I think it's just in Tennessee, yeah. but I'm trying to get it going all across the in
0: nation. In Tennessee, there is a movement going to replace all statues with Dolly Parton statues. Yes.
1: <laughs> American treasure. <laughs> the wow. The plaque simply reads, wrote Jolene, and I will always love you in the same day. What have you done? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Wow.
2: There you go. I love it. Solve all the problems. Or some sort of movement of people throwing up Columbus statues all over the country. You know, you show up to Main Street, there are like three Columbus statues. (laughs) That would be funny. I mean, I'm sure you could get some sort of cheap plaster cast or something like that and crank out like 150 of them for $1,000. bucks. i would kick into that. Not because I have any particular interest or pride in Columbus. I really... The whole glorifying Columbus thing is pretty silly. Uh, absolutely. Um but I just I love the uh, trollery of it.
0: Making in him an evil spreader of genocide is also silly, right. He's just a product of his time uh, like you're the product of your time. The biggest Columbus statue, obviously is the one Columbus Circle there right at the corner of Central Park in Manhattan. Uh, that's that's what that one's a big deal. Mm. That's when you'll know the 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 mob is really uh, taken over.
2: Yeah. Anyway. Uh, How's that compared to the Robert E. Lee statue that was like 60 feet high?
0: I I meant big in terms of importance. I don't know okay. about height. Yeah, I haven't been there in ages.
2: Anyway. Uh, where were we? Ah, yes. So you will likely, if you are part of corporate America, you will likely be dragged into a wokeness uh, anti-racist slash diversity training session. And uh, the fabulous, the brilliant James Lindsay he's a uh, lefty professor, but he hates the uh, the woke cancel culture. He, he has a, a great series of, of, well, he has some suggestions for how to approach it if indeed you are forced to attend one of these.
0: Anybody have any thoughts on the whole Aunt Jemima thing? is that actually harming in America? I mean it wasn't helping in America uh, either, so
2: uh, 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 my I reaction don't actually care. my reaction to this conversation is that it's making me hungry for pancakes. <laughs> that does sound good, doesn't it? Yeah, and uh, a couple of sausage links on the side or bacon whatever you got. Have you had the do you <clears throat> do you ever drink the light syrup? Drink it. Stop saying that. <laughs>
0: I just I, have a cup of, uh, on ice on a hot I day. I have
2: pancakes once every four years at okay. this point in my life. We have pancakes I just, once a week. I have least. a plate of pancakes. I gained two pounds. No kidding. Or at least once a week on pancakes. But um, I am f- and love
0: pancakes. No pun intended. Like a lot of diet stuff, it just tastes like it's so much worse for you. I mean, you look at the label and there's less calories. But mm. uh, the chemicals involved in diet soda, light syrup, that sort of thing. It's just, yeah. your body yeah. is screaming, this is
2: going to give you cancer. Allegedly, back when I was a pancake eater, which sounds like a some sort of slur, um, I I got onto a real maple syrup. Oh yeah, that's what my
0: one son will only
2: drink that. And I, stop
0: saying drink. Nobody (laughs) drinks syrup. Nobody (laughs) says that. You've been saying it for so long because I think
2: it's funny syrup. Anyway, Uh, but there's there are horrific amounts of sugar in it. But that's probably well, it's it's not good for you. But it's probably better oh, it's gotta than be. it up whatever chemicals, you know. It's got to be. Some corporation is is, is squirting out of their
1: factory and, in Poughkeepsie. And maple syrup, you only need just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. The, exactly. the other syrup, you just drown it. Yeah, then you drink it.
2: <laughs> uh, how do you like that? Need or on the rocks.
1: Text, text
2: line is 415. I just got these pancakes from a restaurant called uh, hmm? Pancakes, Eggs, Cetera.
0: It's oh. a kind of a play on words. Oh, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> Hard to imagine he didn't get elected. Text line 415-295-KFTZ. <laughs>
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Text line. Soon we'll have to name where Columbus, uh, change the name where Columbus landed. Columbus, Ohio. Absolutely right.
2: Landed in Columbus, Ohio. Declared it his. Everybody knows that. Of course. If evil, hmm, take two. If power corrupts, and there's nothing more powerful than big tech right now beware big tech they're evil more on that to come And when they're not evil they're stupid you're talking about and your because fe- they're so big and, and and powerful being stupid is not good you're talking about your facebooks your googles that's who i'm talking about okay your your twitters twitters is you know who James Lindsay is? He's a professor. Portland State, right? He's a lefty. uh, A nice fellow, but he's a classic free thought uh, debate um, discussion lefty. And he's troubled as we are by the the angry, bloodthirsty, woke mob. And he uh, tweets a lot. And he's a crazy smart guy about the phenomenon of anti-racism and critical race theory and and wokeness and, and all of it.
0: I think he might be going crazy. He claims he's not, but I think he's going crazy. Do
2: you? I think this is driving him crazy. You think the stress is getting to him? Well, I just hope he keeps cranking out his smartness while his sanity lasts. Someone, he tweets, actually like 30 people in the last hour or two, told me they have to sit through an anti-racist slash diversity training for work tomorrow and ask for advice. Here's something you can really do that works. Ask calibrated questions. Ask questions about definitions. So when you say racist and anti-racist, you don't mean like the normal definition. Sound confused? This is important. You're there to learn. After all, don't fight back. Just be a really slow learner and ask questions to expose. Ask questions about implications like, so if I become an anti-racist, am I still a racist? How do I stop being racist? How does this program make me not racist? Okay. Again, you're there to mm-hmm. learn, so sound like it.
0: Slow learner. First, first of all, I wonder, uh, how, uh, prevalent this is. Is this the new, gonna be the new, like, sexual harassment training? Yes. That everybody's taking to work? Well, wow. oh, yeah. As I he said,
2: if, he's had dozens of people in the last couple hours yeah. say, I got dragged, I, I gotta go to one of those two.
0: I wonder if, uh, we'll be doing that. And, uh, secondly, um, See, am I a person who wants to make uh, America a better place? Am I afraid of an ideology taking over that's going to destroy the nation and I want to, you know, stand athwart it and yell stop? Mm-hmm. Or um, do I just want to keep my job, in which case I would keep my mouth shut in that training, sign the piece of paper, and go back to my cubicle so that the boss doesn't say, that person's asking all the questions. Oh, we need to get rid of them.
2: Yeah, well, I would suggest that if you feel the need to respond, this is a great way to do it. On the other hand, rolling your eyes at your your compatriots there in the office and just waiting till it's over is another strategy.
0: Although I've clicked, you know, yes, I've taken the sexual harassment training and a variety of other things many times over my life. I'd want to read the fine print on this one.
2: Yes, yes. I I will tell you this. Most of this training, well, let me put it to you like this, 10% of it is to address the problem it says it's there to address. The other 90% is so that your company slash corporation can say when the lawyers come after them, whoa, 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 we trained our people. In fact, Joe signed a piece of paper saying he'd taken the training. So we did our part. Don't sue us. Sue him. That's why most of this exists. On the other hand, this uh, list of questions is less about the specifics of being in a training session and more about just the, the principles sure. involved. So anyway, try to get them to say you can't stop being a racist. And the contradictions. Wait, so if colorblindness means not seeing race and that makes me racist, does seeing race make me racist? Is race supposed to matter or not matter? I'm confused. Slow learner mode. Activate. Make them explain it. Make it look hard to learn. It's about if if it's about implicit bias. Learn to game the test. It's actually very easy. Then report this. Sometimes you take it. They're talking about the tests you have to take that show you're implicitly biased. Sometimes you take it and it gives you a strong pro black bias. Other times, strong pro white. What gives? Uh, this part's kind of confusing. But moving along. Ask them really obvious questions like. Doesn't making us focus on race make the issue more sensitive? And doesn't a reporting system make it harder to work with people we don't trust? Make them explain the practical failures away and look silly. This isn't just a fun strategy that can work, especially on the people around you. Uh, it's actually core to the literature. You can even mention it to show what a good, interested student you are. Um For instance, Barbara Applebaum says in Being White, Being Good... That's a, a a book, apparently.
0: Uh, it is a book, apparently, because... Was it iBooks or Kindle? It was Kindle. Amazon. So when I was on uh, my Amazon Kindle uh, app yesterday, it's got recommended books, and they're all these woke, racist... Uh, you're, you're a racist books yes. that are so popular, and that's everything they're recommending to me. Mm. That's the only thing I should be reading. Completely from one, I think, very narrow point of view, that's what's being recommended... For readers now by Amazon, this yep. this whole thing is troubling.
2: Yeah, yeah, but in uh, her book, she says the only legitimate way to disagree is by asking challenging questions to understand to eventually agree. So do that. Take that vibe and approach. Be a slow learner and point subversively at the problems. Again, you know, if you want to stick your neck out at your your workplace, that's I that's don't how you ought to do it. I get it. Um. Oh, I like this. By the way, he says, if you can pull it off, record it. Try to get them on audio saying reprehensible stuff. You don't have to force this. It comes out naturally. Or get caught up and confused in contradictions or nonsense. Don't get fired. Play along and subvert. Wait, so are we talking about real racism or systemic racism? Okay, if systemic racism is real racism, what do we call real racism so we don't get them confused? (laughs) So we can all be racist because of systemic racism, even if there's no real racism? That's some good subverting. (laughs) Oh, boy. Then he gets into the whole white fragility thing, which is one of the great rhetorical traps of my lifetime, where if you uh, say, I'm a racist, well, then you, you get beaten down by the mob. And if you say, I'm not a racist, then you're guilty of white fragility, which proves you're a racist, and you get beaten down by the mob. It's very much like denying you're a witch back in the day. In fact, it's the same rhetorical trap.
0: Yeah, well, I've recommended many times, you know, just take in any of James Lindsay's YouTube videos or podcasts. He, he talks about the same thing over and over and over again, but it's it's really interesting stuff. And the, the point of this whole game is, is setting up uh, rules you can't win. Right, exactly. So you're always on the defensive.
2: We, it's funny. That's a variation of what I, Ayn Rand used to talk about, which is, you know, we have so many rules. We will find you guilty of them, and then you are under our power. You are a lawbreaker, and we will break you. Um, and and they're pursuing the same uh, the same techniques.
0: Hey, on the uh, topic of uh, taking down various statues and things like that, in California, Sutter from Sutter's Fort. Maybe you learned about it. And how about Eli Yale? He was a slave trader. Somebody texted. Is that true? Eli Yale was a slave trader. I have to do a little digging on that.
2: Uh, oh, what was that, what was the other one I heard the other day? Yeah, that would be a complicated one. Oh, uh, James Penny. I'm pretty sure it was James Penny, for whom Penny Lane, the Beatles song. Uh, well, the song was named after the street. The street was named after the dude. He was involved in the slave trade, too, or something similar. So uh, there are some who want uh, the Beatles to change the name of Penny Lane.
0: Beep. Lane. Da, 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 beep. Lane, da, da, da. You just have to bleep it out. Uh, Fenny Lane? Kenny Lane. There you go. Kenny, it's a tribute to Kenny Rogers. Right.
2: Armstrong and Getty.